Hello and welcome to episode 250 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Curtis McHale. Oh! I'm Jonathan Stark. And we're joined by very special guest, Moiska Marsh. Did I say that right? Hey! Yep. <laughs> We've known each other for years and even met in person, and I still always worry that I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> no, no worries. Every, everyone pronounces it wrong. <laughs> but I don't want to be just anyone. <laughs> do, do you want me to teach you? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's Moitza. Moitza, like pizza. Well, yeah, well, well. That, that's, that's a fun way of saying it. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> Moita, great. In my mind, I always just call you Moj because I always just type M-O-J. But anyway. Yeah, I need to, I need to get a nickname. That was an idea from a girl that, um, that I met a couple of weeks ago, and her name is Efrat. Mm. And she tells everyone to call her Effie. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> so my homework for today is to... Think of a good nickname for myself. Excellent. All right, freelancer show listeners, you, you're on it. Tweet at us for nicknames for Moitska. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, would be, that would be fun. <laughs> All right, great. Well, would you tell the folks a little bit about yourself so they know where you're coming from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I actually come from Slovenia, Europe, uh, but I'm a Facebook ads expert, author, uh, a speaker, and my work focuses on helping businesses generate more leads and increase profits with a professionally made Facebook advertising strategy so they can devote their time to other aspects of their business uh, because we all know that's the most important part. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Facebook ads expert. My work revolves around everything Facebook ads related. Awesome. Are you trying to figure out how to stay current with Ruby and Rails? I'm putting on a two-day online conference called Ruby Remote Conf. You can check it out at rubyremoteconf.com. Like I said, it's a two-day conference where you can come and listen to speakers and experts from all around the world talk to you about issues pertaining to Ruby and web development. We have an online Slack channel, a roundtable discussion on Zoom, And all of the talks are given over Google Hangouts. And all of the talks will be streamed to you live. Come check us out at rubyremoteconf.com. So today, since uh, we we want to focus on specifically things that are of value to freelancers, we wanted to talk about how freelancers could put together a funnel that Facebook ads are a part of. Am I saying that correctly? Mm Mm-hmm. Great. So I've, I've messed around with Facebook ads a little bit and it's, it's super interesting, but it seems like pretty quickly, uh, either, either the maybe ads that I'm running, they seem like they're working and then they either peter out or I feel like I, I'm doing something wrong. And it seems like the Facebook interface changes every couple of weeks. So where, where would a freelancer get started with Facebook ads and really how do you, how would you even advertise a typical freelancing service on Facebook? So first of all, regarding the interface, I am not kidding. It just changed again <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so it's completely revamped and uh, even I was lost, but you get the hang of it pretty quickly. You get used to Facebook changing things all the time. You need like a, a day or two to adjust and then you're good to go. <laughs> um, wow. But Usually freelancers make a very big mistake when it comes to Facebook ads and when it comes to them advertising their services for the first time. So they think 
they'll be, I mean, they'll be investing money in Facebook ads. So naturally they think that if I'm investing money, if I'm investing money for my promotion, I want to promote my services directly. So they don't think about nurturing the audience. They don't think about building trust with their audience, but they want to get to the promotion part immediately. Mm. And that doesn't work. That never works. Um, I've tried it multiple times because I keep experimenting with cold audiences. We do that with my clients. So we do those like little experiments and so on, but it never ever works. Even if you have a large audience of people or a, a large potential audience that you want to target, even if the target market you want to target is very active on Facebook, it will rarely work. You will you will rarely get a cold audience immediately converted to a paying customer. So you need to nurture that audience, and that's how it gets started. With, uh, for example, with ads for a blog post that you just wrote that is very valuable that um, talks about a specific pain that your target audience has, and then you solve that pain through that blog post. You give a solution, and so on. So that's that's how they should get started with sharing values. So they build trust with their users. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, nice to meet you. Want to get married? It's like, exactly. there's too much of a rush, <laughs> Exactly. So, but you're right. It does feel like, well, I'm paying money. I want to immediately get money back. So I, I want to see immediate positive ROI on this investment in the ads, which of course, if that actually worked, it would be a money engine and people would just pour all their money into it. it. So where, where do people get started? What's like a, a first step that someone could do to start taking advantage of this in the right way? So the first step is to open up a Facebook ads manager, to create a Facebook ads account, uh, to put your credit card information in there. And then immediately after it's important to create a Facebook pixel and put it on your web page. That will enable you to retarget all of your website visitors um, later on with Facebook ads. So that's the step you should not forget about. Um, also, what you should create once you start playing around with Facebook ads is a Facebook page. Now, Facebook page and Facebook ads account are two se separate things. But if you want to take full advantage of Facebook ads and all of their features, you need to have a Facebook page as well. If you don't have a Facebook page, you won't be able to uh, use Facebook newsfeed as a placement, which is the placement that is most effective when it comes to Facebook ads. Um, and that, then after that, you have all of your assets covered and you can get right to advertising. I usually, when I work with clients and I work with big companies and even freelancers that have absolutely no audience whatsoever, um, we all start with advertising blog posts to a cold audience. So we experiment with different targeting, um, uh, different in targeting, different interests, different age groups. And we want to see which age group with what interest um, will engage with our ads in the best way, in the most effective way. Uh, when we have that covered, that's when we start building our funnel. But we always start with, first of all, covering our assets. Uh, so um, creating a Facebook ads account, creating a Facebook page and so on. And then starting with advertising blog posts to a cold audience. 
Interesting. And would you, at that point, you're really just trying to get that sort of tracking information, the analytics and the behavior information about your audience, or would you actually have say like a call to action on that page to maybe join your mailing list or something? Or is it really just, just not even that much of an ask? We have a call to action. Usually every time every, each and every client of mine has a call to action at the bottom of every blog post or at the bottom of their homepage or whatever. Um, but people usually don't opt in immediately. Um, but like the, the number one goal at that part of our campaign. So when we're advertising blog posts is to, to just get people to our page, clicking on our page so we can retarget them later. So that that's our number one goal. And the second goal is to get them to trust us because we'll be sharing value with them. We'll be showing our expertise um, and we want people to trust us so they know that we're an expert at that specific topic that we're talking about. Mm, cool. Can you, I don't know if everyone knows what retargeting is. I think it's something I've only learned in a relatively recent past. Could you talk about that a little bit? So retargeting is when it comes to Facebook retargeting, Facebook calls it remarketing. I don't know why they use a different word, but <laughs> that's how it is. So it's basically retargeting someone who visited your webpage. And I'm going to give a specific example. So let's say you see my Facebook ad for super spicy media and I'm sharing a blog post. You're, you're seeing that ad for a blog post, for example, a blog post on how to uh, create your first, first Facebook advertising campaign. And you click on that ad, you will land on my land uh, on my webpage. You'll read through my blog post and that's it. The next day you're going to be retargeted. So I am going to, it's called like pixelating. So I'm going to pixelate you. I'm going to get your data and I'm going to be able to show you another ad because now I know that you have read that blog post and now I can show you a lead, uh, an ad for a lead magnet, for example, opt in and get these three videos that lead you from, you know, how to create your first advertising campaign to how to create your Facebook professional Facebook ad strategy. And that's remarketing so, or retargeting. So pixelating someone that visits your webpage, marking them, and then remarketing to them again on Facebook ads. So you know that they have visited your webpage and you're able to do certain things with them, like show them different ads, show them lead magnets or lead them through a funnel. Hmm. So would you have, this is super tactical, but I'm curious what the two different ads that you just described. So one for the blog post and then the retargeting ad for the lead magnet, what would they look like? Would they look similar? How would someone know that it's the same sort it's you again? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, so for example, when, when I create ads for blog posts, they usually don't have a very specific call to action within that ad. I don't use a specific call to action. It's just a matter of describing a very specific pain and then inviting them to read more and see a, read about the solution of that pain on that block. Uh, but when it comes to lead magnets, I usually go in a bit different direction and I use a very specific call to action where I 
constantly remind them that this is a something free that I'll offer. This is a I don't know, free video course or free this or free that or free email course that will help with that specific problem. So it is more, it's not aggressive, but it's more aggressive than the ad for the blog post. Mm, cool. It, it is like your, the picture of your face on the ad or do you have, are they just totally unrelated visually? Um, I, I use a similar approach when it comes to my visuals. So if I use, for example, a bland background with a uh, big text on the image, uh, for a blog post ad, then that I'm going to use a similar approach with my lead magnet ad so they can connect the two together. But to be honest, people are usually very good at connecting the dots, even if you don't use the same visuals, because they'll remember you. <laughs> That's the beauty when it, uh, the beauty of Facebook ads, they remember you. Uh, so whenever they'll read a blog post of yours and see another ad of yours, they'll remember the profile image and they'll remember the Facebook page name because they'll see it uh, before so their memory will, will just light up. Um, and oh, I don't right. have problems with that, but when it comes to visuals, I do use very sim a very similar approach, wh whatever I do. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I forgot about the page. So it's, it's going to, your, your Facebook like business page is, will sort of be there in both of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. But to, well, to be honest, another thing, when it comes to my visuals, I do use my face on the picture, pictures uh, a lot of times. So even if I'm sharing a blog post or a lead magnet, or if I'm trying to sell a product or a service, uh, I use my face regularly because it works with my users. That said, uh, whenever I work with different consultants, um, I always test different visuals and that's not the case every time. So. Um, I worked with a consultant recently and we did two different sets of visuals. One set was just his images. And then another set were, um, like neat, flat designs with a little bit of text, no image whatsoever, just text and some graphical elements and that that's it. So his face didn't work with his users, but the graphical design visuals, they were amazing. They performed amazing and um, it was it was fantastic. So you need to test different approaches because it's never like um, whenever you read something about Facebook as like what works today and what doesn't, you need to test that for yourself, even if that's related to copy or visuals or a general approach, because it it will be different for you. Yeah, I mean, that's a great segue into testing. I think one of my one of the things that attracted me most to Facebook ads was how specific you could get with your audience creation. So you could get, you could just be just crazy specific with the kinds of people that you wanted to put ads in front of. And it wasn't too difficult. Well, I haven't done it in a while, but at the time it wasn't too difficult to create, you know, 10 different versions of an ad and, and see which one did better or worse. And they sort of automatically favor the ones that are uh, converting the best and and then you take in, you can take in like, say, okay, let me try this set of ads with a different audience or maybe similar or maybe completely different audience. And that was kind of where I started to phase out because the, the audience creation thing got, it started to feel like throwing darts in the dark. I was like, I don't know, maybe people from 18 to 24 would be interested in this book, or maybe, I, I don't know. You know, it was really hard to, 
it's, it felt powerful at first. And then I quickly was like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. And I, and I don't feel like I'm getting <laughs> information back. That's meaningful. I'm just taking a wild guess and seeing if something works better. Is that, I, it's almost like someone should hire a professional to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it is, it's powerful, but tricky. Do you yeah. have any, any so, words of wisdom there? Yeah. I mean, like you said, Facebook is, I mean, it is easy to create your first Facebook advertising campaign, but once you start playing with those neat little details, it all starts, it, it starts looking like a big monster. You won't be able to tackle in your lifetime because there are different ways to target. You can target behaviors, interests, demographic data. You can create lookalike audiences. You can create custom audiences and it all becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to testing, I try to have a very strategic and slow approach. So I never run 10 experiments at once because it's too overwhelming, not just for me, but for, first of all, my audience. Second of all, for the client that I'm working with, I want to teach my client what works, what doesn't work, what we're running and so on. But if I run 10 experiments at the same time, we we won't be able to draw meaningful conclusions. So for the first rule is that we don't do that. We, for example, we run up to five experiments max at one time. Um, but then I usually create, uh, that, that's one thing that I don't know. When I talk to Facebook ads experts, not a lot of them do that. So I really create different ad sets, for example, for different age groups. And ad sets with age groups with different, different, uh, with different interests. So for example, whenever I create a lead magnet campaign, I will create, I don't know, three different ad sets, one for this age group, one for another age group, and one for the third age group. And I run that for two days. After two days, I'll go back and see the results. If one if the performance of one ad set, so of one age group is really outstanding and outperforming other two ad sets, I'm going to continue with just that. So I won't be investing in other ad sets anymore. I'll just play around with that specific age group with that specific ad set. And I'll duplicate that ad set and for example, play around with visuals. So I know that this age group now engages with my ads. They like this these first visuals that we launched. And now I want to play around and see if they will um, maybe react differently and better with different visuals. So we implement a different visuals and see, we run that again for two days. After two days, we come back and see which visuals outperformed the other ones. And then we move over with those visuals and with that specific age group and we play around with copy. So after a while, for example, after one week, we can conclude that this age group, uh, for example, uh, really engages with our ads. They like these visuals and they prefer these, uh, this copy. And then we have something to work with. Then we can play around with another campaign. We can implement what we've learned to another campaign, to a lead magnet campaign or to a promotional campaign and so on. So it just keeps kind of uh, evolving, but I never tried to do experiments on 10 different age groups with 20 different visuals, but just always move forward with the one that is performing the best. Yeah. So very sort of stepwise approach. So, you know, you're always, you know what you're testing really. 
Exactly. Because like I said, if you're testing 10 different things at once, you're going to get lost (laughs) and you're going to spend a large amount of money, not getting anything back and not learning anything, anything from it. So, and that's, that's definitely a bad move when it comes to Facebook ads, because one, two, three, and you're, I don't know, uh, out of $500 and you have zero results. Mm, Yeah. Let's talk about that. So if, the, the money piece, because if you are, you know, let's say you're a, a copywriter, maybe you charge $75 an hour to do, you know, copywriting services for people. What, like, what should you budget for kind of dipping your toe into this water and seeing if, if you are going to be able to move any kind of needle at all? That's a very, very hard question. <laughs> Because it always um, it always depends on what goals you're trying to achieve with your campaigns. But let's say you're really starting from scratch. You have absolutely no audience. You have no subscribers. You ho- you know you have no website visitors. Nothing. You're starting from zero. Uh, I actually, you know what? Like I actually had that specific example a couple of months ago, and we're just. Um, concluding our cooperation. So I had a, I had a developer with no subscribers, no website traffic. And he came to me because he wanted to grow his audience. And the, the w- one thing that we did, I, I said, we have to start with blog posts and then a lead magnet. And he said that he wants to start with the lead magnet that he has. And I advised him not to do that, but he w- he insisted and said, you know what, let's try it out. And, so I, and I said, okay, let's try it out and see what happens. And it didn't work well. So then we switched things around my way. And again, we implemented first a blog post to get that initial traffic and we got it. So we managed to get clicks for $1, which was still a little bit pricey at that point, but we, were, we managed to get this, to decrease that uh, a little bit. When we got immediately after we got 50 clicks and we spent, let's say $70 with some experiments, we spent $70 for 50 clicks. We immediately implemented, um, the ads for lead magnet retargeting those 50 people. It was not a lot. It was just 50 people on his webpage, but we still implemented that campaign, uh, for lead magnets. And we started getting leads for $4 and that was pretty good. And that, that's the goal that we were after, get leads for $4 and then decrease the price per lead. Uh, and then we invested a little bit more into block promotion. And then consequently, we got signups when we advertised the lead magnet. And that's the approach that I would encourage everyone to follow. So even if you want to start promoting right away, you're going to lose money and you'll get zero conversions, zero traffic, absolutely nothing from it. What you want to do if you're starting out, if you're starting from scratch is advertise blog posts. So find that one blog post that resonates with your target audience, where you, you, where you describe a very specific pain, a very painful problem that they have and where you offer a very specific solution and then advertise that to a cold audience. So play around with interests a little bit with age groups and get your potential reach. That's the potential reach of people, uh, the potential amount of people that you're going to reach with your Facebook ads, get that down to 
for example, 100,000 to 300,000 people. And then once you get 50 clicks to your blog post, immediately launch a campaign promoting your lead magnet. And that's it. And you're, I, I uh, promise that you are going to see some positive results because people will recognize you from, <clears throat> from other ads because you already built uh, some trust with them. You already gave value to them. So once they see an ad for your lead magnet, they already know who you are and they're going to convert much easier and at a much affordable price. Mm, wild. Have you ever felt like you're falling behind or that the programming world is moving so fast that it's impossible to keep up? Then there's the issue of where to go to make sure you're up to date. The answer is to join a community dedicated to discussing the latest in Ruby. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you got Ruby rogues all day? Well, you can, kind of. We moved our Ruby Rogues Parlay Forum to Slack. That means you can connect with our listeners and guests on a platform you're most likely already using. Plus, we've set up a Keeping Current channel that pulls stories from across the web to help you know what people are talking about. And coming soon, we'll be holding monthly webinars and roundtable video chats to connect with experts in the community and with each other. So come join us at rubyrogues.com slash parlay. That's rubyrogues.com slash P-A-R-L-E-Y. So it sounds like someone really needs to do before they even set up Facebook account and pixel and everything else, they, it would be super helpful if they had a, you know, a lead magnet, you're probably going to want that. You're certainly going to want to have a blog post that's worth advertising. Uh, so it pro- if you don't have that, would you recommend that people just hold off until they do? I mean, you really don't have much to advertise, right? If, if you don't have... Yeah, so that's one mistake that another client of mine did before. Um, so he didn't have a lead magnet, but he uh, he didn't he he had a half-assed lead magnet um, that he didn't even like, and he knew that it doesn't really resonate with his target audience. But he wanted to move for uh, move forward with advertising. Uh, so what we did was advertise the blog post and then le- uh, offered that lean magnet that he e- didn't even like to people and it didn't play well with his users. He knew them. He knew that it won't resonate well, but he still wanted to advertise that mm-hmm. after we found out that it doesn't work. He moved forward, took one day off to create a very simple lead magnet, but a lead magnet that tackles like I said, a painful problem. And when we started to advertise that, we managed to decrease our cost per lead for 50%. Mm. And that's a lot. Um, And all it took was the right lead magnet that addresses a specific, because the the one before didn't address a painful problem, but the one that he created after did do that. So once we implemented that, we things just started moving in the right direction. So absolutely, like if you don't have a lead magnet, you can definitely invest, um, for example, in uh, increasing traffic to your webpage so you have something to work with after you have that lead magnet. But don't, uh, I mean, you have to keep in mind that 
you need a lead magnet if you want people to convert. People won't read your blog post and convert the first time. You need to nudge them in that direction with a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you're going to like need a couple of months to get to that point. So take your time, create your lead magnet. It doesn't take it doesn't take much. You don't need to spend one month creating it. Like I said, that client of mine spent like one day and it was enough because he knew what he was doing. So when you have that, you are good to go. Excellent. So when we're talking about lead magnets, I just to make sure that we're on the same page and everybody in the audience understands, we're talking about a page where the visitor exchanges their email address for something like a PDF or a five day email course or checklist or something like that. Right. Exactly. It can be, like you said, it can be a, I don't know, PDF cheat sheet. It can be a free chapter of your book. It can be a, a, I don't know, a group of three, um, videos that you offer free videos, free course, free email course, anything can be a lead magnet. If you address, uh, like I said, a painful problem and offer a solution, uh, within that lead magnet and creating a landing page for that is so simple nowadays. For example, if you have lead pages, it takes you what, five minutes to create a decent landing page for your lead magnet. Um, so I think people shouldn't have excuses. <laughs> um, so it's very simple to create everything. Uh, you just need to sit down, take a day off or a couple of hours and do that. Awesome. So here's a, here's a sort of skeptic question. Let's say, let's say I'm cheap and I say, you know, I don't want to spend money advertising that first blog post. I'll spend money on the lead magnet advertising, but I just want to, I'm just going to tweet and share on Facebook and, and on LinkedIn to try and create the traffic to my site. What, in your experience, what has been the different level of different levels of effectiveness between just normal social sharing of the blog post versus actually advertising it and what effect on traffic that has? So you can achieve a lot with an organic approach. So organic means you don't invest your money in advertising. You create Facebook page updates, you tweet a lot, you engage with people. That's an organic approach to social media and you can achieve a lot with it. But with ads, it's just faster. That's the only difference. It's a highway to, I don't know, increased traffic, to increased lead generation. Uh, So you get to those results faster. For example, if you're trying to increase your email list for 10 subscribers today, uh, you usually get, let's say, two subscribers. And now today you want to get to up to 10, uh, 10 subscribers a day. With an organic approach, that's going to be a very, very hard homework for you. So you're going to need to work your ass off to do that, to achieve that result. But if you invest in Facebook ads, so for example, you already pixelated a bunch of people that you can work with and you can retarget uh, to with Facebook ads, with an ad for a lead magnet, you can get that to that result. So to 10 subscribers today, in no time. Um, so the major difference is just that with 
investing your money into advertising, you get to the results that you want faster than with organic approach to social media. Interesting. Yeah. It's when I consider the two approaches, cause I've done both, you know, like you say, obviously organic is cheaper air quotes, but it takes a lot of mental energy to really keep up with it. And it's also kind of dangerous because you end up on Facebook all the time and (laughs) you know, you get sucked into it. You have to be disciplined and just get in there and answer your questions. You know, so I ended up personally, and hopefully this is helpful to someone personally, I spend that kind of that level of mental and really even emotional energy on my mailing list. So the stuff that I'm putting out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn is you know, it goes against your recommendations, but I, uh, I just have it automated. It sends out links to, <laughs> you know, new, uh, podcast episodes. And I do go on Twitter and I'll get into it with people on Twitter when it's convenient for me, but it's not a common, it's, it's something I do a couple hours a week, maybe. And Facebook and, and LinkedIn are really just a publishing channel for me. I don't really get involved with anybody there because I'm too involved elsewhere on the email list, especially. So Mm -hmm. it's probably now that we're talking, I'm like, you know, I really should go back and cause I know exactly the blog post I would, um, advertise cause I, you know, I know which one gets all the traffic and to to now put Mm -hmm. that in front of people who have never seen it before. Uh, it's, I'm 100% positive that that will end up with more people on my list where I can engage individually with them, which is, uh, which is my goal. Mm -hmm. So it's just easier. I I can remember one time I sponsored a, there's a very popular designers blog that I sponsored for a week and it was fairly, it wasn't like a million dollars, but it was almost a thousand. And it was kind of like, wow, I, (laughs) all of the work that it would have taken me to get all of that traffic, I just wrote a check for, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, just like magic, you know, and mentally, since I had another place to put my mental energy in terms of nurturing the list, I kind of, I don't know. I almost want to say, I kind of didn't feel bad about cheating. Mm-hmm. It feels like cheating. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, the funny thing, when you mentioned someone approaches or a blog or a SaaS um, asking me to sponsor them for a month. I always, it's funny, but I always take their quote and try to imagine what I can achieve with Facebook ads. If I can achieve, um, when I get, for example, some of their stats, like how many visitors they get and so on, if I can, and I do my calculations, but if I, after, after doing all of that, if I know that I can achieve a lot more with Facebook ads. I'm not going to invest in those sponsorships because it's so much easier to create a Facebook ad and to stay within your domain and do anything you want with Facebook ads, whether that's uh, advertising a blog post and advertising that lead magnet or another lead magnet or launching a new product is just, like I said, getting to the wanted results faster. So, yeah. One of the things that uh, was just completely, I just, just basically rolled the dice and randomly clicked some buttons when I was doing Facebook ads were, were they, they're different. 
I don't even understand. I don't even know what the terminology is, but you could, you could have the ads show up in a whole bunch of different places. Yes or no. So it was like, do you want it to show up here or here or here or here? And it was like everything from like the Facebook sidebar on desktop or the actual Mm -hmm. news feed or in Instagram or in, there's like this broader network of, it seems Mm -hmm. like sort of like, it's kind of like AdSense. It seems like, and inside of other mobile apps and blah, blah, blah. I didn't even have any idea. And I, I don't remember what I chose, but I remember thinking, I'm just going to pick the only one that I'm sure I understand and ignore the others. Uh, But what is there kind of, is there anything that you can say is a reasonable default for someone who's, you know, say an iOS developer or a, you know, web developer who's looking to send traffic to their site? Absolutely. The default is Facebook newsfeed. <laughs> uh, and that's desktop, desktop newsfeed and mobile newsfeed. And that means that your ads are going to show up in, uh, show up in uh, people's newsfeeds. So whenever they open up Facebook, even if that's on their mobile phone or on desktop, and they scroll down to see some of their friends' updates, along there, uh, after scrolling down for a couple of seconds, they are going to see your ad. Uh, And that's the most effective placement. Uh, Facebook, like you said, Facebook offers different placements, like uh, you mentioned audience networks. They uh, offer Instagram placement as well because they bought Instagram. And why wouldn't they offer that? Uh, They offer uh, now in-stream videos, instant articles. They keep expanding that constantly and frequently. But the, the, the one placement that always worked, no matter what, was Facebook newsfeed. So whenever you're in doubt, if you don't know which placement to choose, what would be the right for you? Facebook newsfeed will work all the time. Hmm. That was a very definitive answer. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> a rule, I know in that fact. people are always so confused with that. And why wouldn't they be like, like you said, first of all, Facebook uh, changes all the time. They implement different things all the time. They have new features, new placements, and they keep changing things. But the one constant was the Facebook newsfeed placement. It always worked no matter what, no matter what client I work with, uh, if that's a consultant or a SaaS or I don't know, a fashion brand or whatever, if Facebook newsfeed placement always works. So that's a, that's definitely a go-to placement for everyone. Mm, Excellent. Do you have any tips or does it matter? I guess how much should people worry about the page that they set up? Is there a lot to, because I remember setting it up. There were a million options back then. I remember being very confused about which I should pick or if it was permanent, if I'd ever be able to undo something, if I realized that I did something dopey, uh, was I worried for nothing? Does it not matter? Is, do you just need to get it set up and that's it? Or are there a few tips you could offer there? So when it comes to Facebook pages, that's, oh, that's like another thing to tackle because you get so many options with just creating a Facebook page that again, people get so confused and they don't know what to do. So they just quit everything altogether. Mm-hmm. But to be absolutely honest, it's not a nothing is a done deal when it comes to Facebook ads uh, to Facebook page, not Facebook ads, because with Facebook ads, you can uh, add another zero 
to your daily spend and it's going to be a done deal. (laughs) But when it comes to Facebook page, nothing is a done deal because you can change things all the time. So I know that when, again, Facebook changes that all the time. uh, But when you open up, when you create your Facebook page, you are asked to pick uh, an organization or like a, a niche or industry that you work within. Um, and you have to decide whether you, I don't know, you're a consultant or SaaS or software and so on. Uh, and Facebook gives you like this long list of things. Um, and you, you normally get confused, but even if you pick the wrong one, or even if you change your mind after one day, you can always change it back. So you are definitely worried for nothing. Um, Again, when it comes to header image, you're going to um, you're going to decide on the header image and on the profile photo and on the about section what you want your about section to say about you. Again, you can always change that. Uh, you can always change your industry or the about description or uh, if you want to show videos or if you don't want to show your video- videos on your page. So you can always switch things around and play with them. Uh, nothing is a done deal. So don't be afraid to create your Facebook page. Uh, you might get confused and you might pick the wrong industry or you might change your mind uh, in a day or two. But like I said, you can always go back and uh, change it to however you want it. That's relief because <laughs> there's so many choices. It, it, the paralysis sets in pretty quickly. So to just don't worry about it. Set something up and move on to the next step. Better things. Mm. It, it remind, as you were describing that, it reminded me of another step that always got me hung up, which was when you're creating a brand new, I think, uh, I think it's a campaign. I can't remember. You could, you'll know, but Uh, you get asked this question that changed many times over their revisions, but the question was kind of like, what kind of ad are you trying to create? And it's like, do you want to send traffic to your website? Mm -hmm. Or there's a, it seemed like a a lot of options that were kind of the same thing. And there wasn't really any description about what, which one I should pick. It was another one of those things. It's like, okay, there are a lot of options here. They, I'm not hundred percent clear on the difference between them and the fear sets in of like, I'm going to waste all my time by picking the wrong thing. And you know, the interface is different for this one than that one, or the wizard is different for this one or that one. And I'm just like, ah, you just throw up your hands. Mm-hmm. So in the scenario that you, that you've described, which is wonderfully clear, it's like sort of take a blog post, advertise that retarget people to send them to a lead magnet. Okay. That sounds pretty straightforward. What are the, what's the, like, what are those called? You know, Mm -hmm. so there are, I use three, first of all, these are called objectives. So which objective do you pick at the beginning? So which objective do you want to follow? Uh, And three objectives are most used when it comes to my work. The first one is engagement. I use that when I want to increase clients' Facebook page engagement. So if I want people to like their post, uh, to comment on their post, so that's engagement. Um, But the two other most important uh, objectives that we talked about before, so when it comes to blog posts, advertising, and lead magnet advertising, are the traffic objective and the conversions objective. Uh, the traffic objective, uh, 
I, I use the traffic objective when it comes to advertising blog posts, because my objective is to get as much traffic as possible to my uh, landing page or to the blog posts that I advertise. Uh, so whenever I do a campaign for promoting blog posts or just a campaign where my goal is to get as many clicks as possible to that page, I'm going to use the traffic objective. But for the lead magnets or for or if I advertise, for example, my ebook, or if I advertise a, a paid services, the conversions objective is where the money's at. <laughs> so <laughs> conversions can be anything from opt-ins, for from purchases, from signing up to something, and those are called conversions. Um, the objective. So Facebook will once you um, create a campaign for uh, those conversions, Facebook will optimize your ads for conversions, which means that whenever someone, like the first person is going to convert, they'll go immediately in, analyze that person, how old is he? Um, what kind of interest does he have? And they are going to automatically target people similar to him so they get more conversions out of them. Uh, out of him, hmm. uh, out of those people, actually. <laughs> um, but when it comes to traffic, so the objective that we want to use when it comes to promoting blog posts, they will optimize for traffic. So whenever someone clicks on a web page on your ad, they're going to imme immediately uh, analyze that person. How old is he again? What kind of interest does he have? Where does he come from? And so on. Uh, even if that person converts, and they record that conversion, they don't give a shit about that. <laughs> so what only matters is the traffic because you said that you want traffic to your site, conversions don't matter. So they're going to optimize for traffic. Uh, so again, those two conversions are the most important when it comes to building that funnel. Um, and uh, yeah, it's as simple as that. But Facebook, I know Facebook offers like, I think it's like 12 different choices now because you have um, video ads and then offers and blah, like 12 different things and people usually can't decide, but the traffic and the conversions are the most important to you objectives. Mm, excellent. And so is there so, some, oh, go ahead, Curtis. I've been talking all day. Let's say I'm actually looking at the Facebook ads and what do you think of video versus like an image or anything else? What converts oh, better? Oh man, I love I love video. <laughs> Good, I love video too. I get my clients to use it for testimonials and other stuff all the time because it's anytime as yeah. anytime you can get closer to being like actually interacting with someone is is better, right? Higher trust. Exactly. So again, uh, you need to test these things out because something might work for me and for my clients, but it might not work for you. Um, but when it comes to video, it has been performing fantastically uh, with Facebook ads. So whenever we advertise a lead magnet, we usually experiment with videos as well, or with testimonials, like video testimonials work fantastic with Facebook ads. Uh, so even if you have, a, I don't know, 30 second video of you explaining what people will get through that lead magnet, go ahead and use it. I promise you it's going to be worth it. And usually the conversion rates are much higher and the cost per leads are much lower. 
Cool. Looks like I'm recording a video soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Let's see. We, uh, I'm, I've been dying to, I have probably three more questions, but they're kind of leveled down and getting kind of tactical. Uh, Is there anything, and and we're sort of coming up against time too, so we should probably get to pick soon. Is there sort of a, I don't know, closing words of advice you could give to freelancers who are probably starting from close to zero? I mean, maybe they have some traffic, but let's say it's pretty close to zero and they're thinking about, you know, getting started. Obviously you would recommend it, right? Or is there any, is there uh, any reason why you wouldn't? Why I wouldn't recommend what? To do Facebook ads. So like to, to follow the, the very clear instructions you've given today. This has been wonderful. <laughs> I'm just wondering so, uh, if there's anything that you'd say, you know what? Like, does anyone ever come to you and you're like, you know what? You're really not ready. This probably is a waste of money for you. Or do you think it's across the board? Like everyone listening should probably at least give this a try. So everyone listening should give this a try. But if you are reluctant to use Facebook ads, if you are convinced that advertising is dirty, that Facebook is dirty, that uh, marketing is dirty, that this doesn't work, it will, ne- it will never work. I don't, I don't want to convince you. You're probably right. You shouldn't advertise. You shouldn't um, invest in advertising because you're not, it's not going to, first, first of all, it's not going to go according to your plan at first. So you're going to give up and then you're going to be even more mad because you'll spend, I don't know, 50 or 100 or $1,000 for Facebook ads and um, you're not going to get anything done. Uh, But for every other person out there who knows uh, how much value marketing can bear, how much, how important marketing is, that's, that's your cue. You should definitely invest I don't know, $100 next week into Facebook ads, into, first of all, like we talked about, investing into promoting your blog posts and then moving into, uh, moving towards promoting your lead magnets and see the wonders that that will make on your business. I'm convinced. I'm going to go back in and set it back up. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mission so, accomplished. Yes, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Do you so, need help with that, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's another great segue. Yeah. You're a master. Where can people find you know, out more? Do you know anyone? <laughs> you know what? I have a free email course on Facebook ads. <laughs> Dun, ta, ta. But this, this is true. So uh, superspicymedia.com slash FB ads. Uh, it's my simple Facebook uh, advertising email course on getting started with Facebook ads because I know how frustrating it can be. And you have, like we talked about, a million choices to choose from. And this really just gets down to the basics. So what should you choose? What you should be careful of? And so on. Fabulous. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. 
Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. So if you check them out at the show's link, that's Hired.com slash Freelancer Show, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. That's $600 instead of $300. So go check them out at Hired.com slash Freelancer Show. So uh, we should probably switch over to picks. Curtis, you have anything? Yes, sir. Based on our conversation, which was before the show, really, about me being a dirty Linux user and not <laughs> loving Apple hardware, a company called System76 has just released their new laptop, which is called the Galago Pro. And for about so $1,800, you can get hefty processor and 32 gigs of RAM and a 512 gig uh, M.2 drive, so super fast. And that's still significantly cheaper, and it's got a reasonable keyboard, and it's got stuff like, I don't know, not just USB 3 ports, it's got an <laughs> HDMI port, and a bunch of other stuff too. So uh, I'm waiting for the reviews to come out on it, on it still, uh, just to see what the battery life is like. But I know uh, when I switched over to Linux recently, it gave my MacBook Air a, a huge boost in battery life. Um, like I picked up two extra hours again over top of what OS X has, had started to give me. So wow. Like easily hitting seven hours of writing and a little bit of web stuff. So putting up a virtual box with a server running and hitting, you know, if I'm running virtual box all day, I'll get five hours of battery life still, which is pretty good. Awesome. Moitsky, uh, do you have picks? Yep. I have three of them actually. Nice. Um, so first two are very professional. <laughs> the first one is bear writing tool. So I have been um, switching writing tools since forever. And uh, recently this Bear writing tool, they launched it. Um, I checked it out and it's very nice. Um, it, first of all, it looks very nice. The exports are incredibly nice so I can use it for my client work and so on. So really recommended. The second pick would be Sketch App. Uh, this is a design app that I use for my client work for Facebook ads. Um, it's very simple to create nifty visuals uh, and use them for your Facebook ads. Um, you don't need to be a professional to create them. So you, and like after uh, an hour of learning, you'll be able to do them in five minutes. Uh, and then the third one is not so professional. <laughs> uh, so it's two dots. It's an iOS game. Uh, really love it. So whenever I'm stressed out <laughs> or if I'm taking a five minute break off my work, I play two dots. It's such an addictive game. Uh, I absolutely love. And, um, they have, I think a th like a thousand levels. Uh, so yeah, uh, you're going to be busy for a while. <laughs> awesome. Always looking for good, good new games. 
Uh, I guess that leaves me. Okay, so picks this week. Uh, speaking of speaking of diversions, I'm going to recommend the Fidget Cube, which I think I backed on Kickstarter. I think that's where I got it from, <laughs> and it's this little. It's, it's shaped like a six sided die, and it has a bunch of random sort of useless controls, physical controls on the outside of it, like a rocker switch and uh, just a, a trackball, and they all click and move and grind and it's just like for somebody like me who's constantly fidgeting it is it's hilariously designed for somebody like me Uh, word of warning you will drive anyone around you crazy so if if you like that sort of thing which i do (laughs) it's, it's like a defense mechanism uh you can check out the fidget cube i think you can get them on amazon now uh i am also going to recommend Drip. We've recommended a million times before, and we'll probably recommend it a million times again. Uh, if you don't already have email marketing automation software and you are wanting to kind of take advantage of some of the, the stuff we talked about today, especially uh, lead magnets and getting conversions onto your mailing list, onto a mailing list, Drip is an amazing option. There's a free tier, I think, for up to 100 subscribers, so you can get started for nothing. And it's it does everything you're ever going to want to do, at least for a long time. Uh, so, you know, like, like all programs, it's not perfect. And uh, I'm sure there's some things that, uh, there are a couple of things that I, uh, I would love to see improved, but um, overall it's pretty amazing. So if you're not already using something else, then drip is definitely highly recommended. And last, I'll just remind listeners that uh, I am the host of another podcast called Ditching Hourly. So if you're interested in the freelancer show, you might want to go to ditchinghourly.com and check out uh, that podcast. Uh, I guess that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. <laughs>